This is The Furnace with John Burton. Hey everybody, how are you doing on this beautiful, amazing Sunday morning? I'm going to talk about the heresy of hypergrace. And you need to understand that I, I'm exceedingly careful whenever I label something heretical or if I would you know, consider an individual person. Certainly, I'm really careful um, regarding calling them uh, heretics because that's, you know, in, in one way that word is just thrown out there and it's, you know, it can lose its meaning if you're not careful. Um, also, I've got the fear of God on me, so I'm really, really careful. And we are talking about hyper grace, false grace, or what I like to call unbiblical grace, is often adopted by people who, when you meet them, are just really nice people. And here's here's the issue: you cannot determine whether somebody has adopted a proper theology based on whether they are nice or not. The Antichrist, when he shows up on the scene, is going to be really nice. He's going to be brilliant. People are going to be drawn to him. He's going to have charisma. So so we need to look at this really as it is. This morning, my pastor here in Branson, Missouri, Chris Davis, he taught on this issue of hyper grace. He didn't he didn't specifically call it call it heresy. I don't know what his viewpoint would be regarding that, but I'm going to say that it's absolutely a heretical teaching because it it completely changes the nature of God. And beyond that, it is leading millions, I believe, it's leading millions of people to hell. I'm also concerned about what I would call mega grace or overreaching grace um, or, or overemphasized grace teachings or ministries or ministers or churches. And, and there's a lot of those out there where they've got a decent handle on the issue of grace and they aren't, they aren't saying the heretical things that hypergracers do. Um, but they are focusing on grace to the exclusion of other core realities in Scripture, like um, you know repentance and hell and all of that kind of stuff. And so this is a big, big, big deal. And I appreciate what my pastor brought this morning. And he lo- he, he shared loads of Scripture. And you know, and there's those involved in the hyper grace camp. They will absolutely diminish what Jesus said before the cross as as uh, it doesn't apply because it's old covenant. Man, that is a scary belief system. You know, and so they they elevate the teachings of Paul over the teachings of Jesus. Yet Jesus said the Holy Spirit was going to come to bring us uh, to, to remembrance the things that Jesus said, the things that he taught. You know, one of the one of the definite heretical statements that many, many, many Christians adopt is that our sins are forgiven past, present, and future. And I, I appreciate Michael Brown, Dr. Michael Brown, who, you know, he wrote on a book on hypergrace. He says, nowhere in Scripture, anywhere, in any form, 
will you find this idea that our sins are forgiven past, present, and future? They are not. Jesus did what was necessary for our sins to be forgiven at any point in which at which we repent. I have not yet repented for sins that I have not yet committed. The provision has made been made to cover those sins should I adopt that provision. You know, and people get just crazy with this thing. I was in a discussion today with somebody on Facebook. I have no, who, no idea who they are. Sounds like they might be from a foreign nation. I can't tell. Young person. And, you know, pray for this person. But he's going on and on. And, and he, he understands, he, you know, by, by his own admission, he understands the issues of sin and holiness and all of that kind of stuff. But he made the point that because he cannot find a girl who is sexually moral that he is by default because of that he is he is basically he has no choice but to have sex before marriage if he has any hopes of finding a girl getting married one day this is it was it was it was wild a wild discussion and he said more than once that Jesus wouldn't send you to hell just for that. And also, all you have to do is, if you know you're going to sin, just be ready to ask for forgiveness. And then it's covered. It's, I mean, it's a, it's a deluded idea. It's a deluded theological construct. It's wrong, simply wrong. And, but that's, but it's this, you know, it just doesn't really matter that much if I go ahead and sin. God's cool, and He's going to go ahead and forgive me, and it's all it's all good, you know. And there was there was a guy um, that was definitely into the false grace, unbiblical grace, and I was just walking into church one day, and he mentioned. Uh, I sure wish I could remember exactly what it was, but it was, uh, it was something, he gave me this little smirk and he was going to, he, he was going to commit a white lie, I think is what it was. Just a, just a little, a little lie and he's going to lie about something. And he said, he said, I'm so happy that I don't have to worry about that lie because I'm under grace. And I'm like, dude, no, you're under, you're under delusion is what you're under. And honestly, it's quite offensive that you would ever say something like that. Making a mockery of the cross. It's unbelievable to me. And so today, even though it was, it's been a few years since, you know, this has really come on the scene and it's really been addressed. And I guess for a lot of people that this, this issue has just become almost a non-issue for them. Listen, it's rampant out there. Both, both false grace and this 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 mega grace for lack of a better term you know and i and i and i'm sure people are going to comment if not on this podcast at some point yeah i'm mega grace the grace of god is mega it's huge it's massive yeah okay whatever i get what you're saying 
overreaching grace. Grace that is focused on to the exclusion of, of what they would say are competing ideas. Like repentance, surrender, brokenness, hell, sin, holiness. Right? And so, yeah. So these are big, big deals. I'd encourage you to read any one of the number of articles that I've written on it. Five grace of the fall, uh, or five marks of the false grace message was one of my most popular articles I've ever written. Definitely search that out. Go to Burton.tv, search it, read it. Um, but it's a vile, destructive, and heretical teaching. It is not okay. And there are teachers out there that are extremely popular that are promoting false grace, hyper grace. They're promoting it, unbiblical grace. They're promoting it. And I believe that it's putting millions of people at risk of hell. They think they're saved. They, they would say that they feel God's presence. They would say that they love Jesus. They would say that they experience God. You know, they're going to church and lifting their hands and saying prayers and doing all that kind of stuff. And they're deluded. They're, they're, they're deceived. They're off track to a radical degree. I, I personally can't comment on the finality, the ultimate finality of any individual But I would say this, I would say it's very difficult to be saved and to embrace false grace. I I would say it's not impossible. I believe people, there are some people that are still, they're, they're in process of wrestling through this stuff. I get that. But those who are just full on board with this stuff, because what they would say, in fact, my pastor read something this morning out of a book saying it's never necessary to confess sin because we are under grace and that sin is already resolved and it's as if it's not even there. That's heresy. It's wrong. So now we have, we have teachings and teachers who are telling people not to confess sin, not to deal with it at all because it's a non-issue. And these people are at risk, great risk, of going to hell. Because unresolved sin in the life of a Christian absolutely marks you for eternity in hell. It absolutely does. You get all these people out there, they get bent out of shape, and and they they get all snarky with it. It's like, oh, so you're saying that if I I sin right before I die, then I'm going to go to hell. Or any little sin that I commit, I'm going to go to hell. Um, well, I'll say this. It is a, there's, a, there's a broader discussion to be had. There are those who will enter heaven as if escaping through the flames, right? Um, there is a sin that's not unto death. There are these issues. There's these, these low-level minor minor issues that maybe I mean so there's a place to discuss this but you have got to be kidding me if you are if you are founding your 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 theology on that idea and now what you're saying is sin is a non-issue I'll tell you what if that is your mindset and your attitude you're you're kidding yourself if you think that you know Jesus 
I would, I'm here to say I absolutely do believe it is possible to intentionally commit a sin and then suddenly die and then go to hell. I absolutely believe that without any question. I wouldn't hesitate at all in making that statement. I firmly believe that it's possible. I am not a, if you're hearing, if you, do you hear all that? It's rain. That's what you're hearing. I'm in the car. But if you are, if you are living that kind of life to where sin is no big deal to you, you're in a, you're in a very, very bad place. And I'll tell you this, if you are sinning, because some people out there say, well, we're all sinners. Christians aren't sinners. If a Christian is a sinner, that Christian is in a very dire condition, very serious. They're on life support, if not already dead. You know, lampstands do get removed, right? I mean, you, you got to understand this. You, you listen to what I'm talking about. I not only believe that we must be marked by holiness, but there is so much more that goes into this issue of salvation than just saying a prayer and, and that's it. I believe, as with, the, with the, vir, the, the ten virgins, I believe that we must give our lives radically to the place of prayer, to the place of intimacy with Jesus. There will come a time when he'll say, depart from me, I never knew you. That means I was never intimate with you. I believe intimacy is a core value in regard to salvation and our position in Christ. So, it's, so no, it's not just because Jesus died on the cross and then we, we quote-unquote believe in Him and then it's all good. There is a lot more. Getting saved and staying saved is, contrary to what people say, is not easy. It is extremely hard. It might be simple, but it's extremely hard. Why? Because it absolutely costs everything. And so you need to understand, you know, you know, when, when, when Jesus was saying, hey, well, would, can't you just stay awake for an hour and pray with me so you don't enter into temptation? Do you know what he was talking about at that point? That you don't enter temptation to deny me. That's why the prayer movement's so critical. How many, how many Christians are out there who have no prayer life? Or they just do the whole, now I lay me down to sleep at night. They have no prayer life. They have no intimacy. They're, they're not, they, they don't have that spirit of prayer, that spirit of intercession on them. And they think they're going to be able to stand when the pressure comes. They'll easily deny Jesus. Easily. And then they're just going to have to wonder, are they going to be a Judas or are they going to be a Peter? Will they have a second chance like Peter did or is it all over? as it was with Judas. This is some intense, hardcore stuff. And you have these, you have these false teachers. And again, I'm very careful when I put that label on, on, on somebody. But we have these false teachers who are teaching heresy, slapping the label of grace on it, and leading millions to the slaughter. And that's what's going on today, everybody. Sin is a big deal. Ignoring it, minimizing it, downplaying it is not the answer. And so, yep, hyper grace is heresy without question. You got to grab hold of this idea. It's rampant in the church. You would not believe how many millions of Christians have adopted this 
this heretical teaching, and they're filling up our all of our our regular old churches. They're filling up Assembly of God churches and Church of God churches, and they're filling them up. You know, and and in false grace is so closely related to the teaching of eternal security. And so we've got we got multiplied millions and millions who adopt the theology of eternal security, and millions and millions adopting the theology of false grace. Now, just stop and think about this. Many of them completely unsaved. And then you have millions of people who are involved in pornography. There was a stat this morning. Oh, i got to look this up. On Facebook, I posted it. You know, this, uh, oh, what was it? The Bachelorette or The Bachelor or whatever that was. Let me, let me look it up. Some of you heard about this. On The Bachelor, I don't, I don't have any idea how that show works, but I read an article. Here it is. Um, so, so the the Bachelor, this chick on The Bachelor, made this statement that she does not believe that Jesus holds her premarital sex against her. Jesus still loves her, and so there's this Charisma News article on this. Uh, you can look it up. It's uh, it just search for it. Here's the title: Alarming Report. Eighty percent of unmarried evangelical young adults are having sex. Okay, so that's the title, and that's the point I'm making. Eighty percent of evangelical young young adults age 18 to 29 says they uh, say they are having sex and they, and they bring in this story from uh, I guess it was, it was the bachelor or I guess the bachelorette so brought in this story about this this gal who does not think it's that big of a deal at all that, that's what hyper grace leads you into that's also what eternal security leads you into and so now what do we have 80% of young people in evangelical churches having sex and they have no idea, most likely, many of them, but, but highly doubt, doubtful that they're even saved. You know, Then you've got, what, what are the percentages? I forget now. I mean, greater percentages than that of people in the church, Christians, call, uh, um, uh, involved in pornography. I think it's 55% of pastors involved in pornography. So you, got, you have all these numbers, you have all these false teachings, all of these issues, and people wonder why I say that I doubt that more than one or two in a thousand people actually go to heaven when they die. And so that's why I'm hardcore on these teachings and these issues and and on holiness is because I believe it's extremely rare and it's getting rarer, more rare for people to actually go to heaven. All of these people having sex, all these people in pornography, all these people involved in other types of sins, pastors involved in these types of sins, false teachers, pastors who are who are leading people astray. It's extremely urgent that we deal with this. I would love for you to share this. Share this message, this podcast, with people that you know, whether, whether they're involved in false grace or not. Let them know that this absolutely threatens their position in Christ. Doesn't matter how how close they think they are to Jesus, it threatens their position in Christ. The pornography, the sex before marriage, sex outside of marriage. Heck, we're not even allowed to lust as Christians. We can't even have a sexual image in our mind as Christians. And absolutely 
absolutely it threatens our salvation. False grace, the teachings of eternal security, all of this stuff together should cause us to just break, should break our hearts. All right, so forward this message on, send it to everybody that you can, leave some comments, let me know what you think about it, and I would love to hear from you. All right, talk to you next time. Thank you for listening to The Furnace with John Burton. You can access media, read articles, and partner with the ministry online at burton.tv. And by all means, share this podcast with those who are hungry for revival, reformation, and revolution.